to another great episode of The Bourbon Road with your hosts, Jim and Brian, where they talk bourbon and, of course, drink bourbon. Grab yourself a pour, kick back, and enjoy another trip down the bourbon road. We are excited to have back once again for 2023 our sponsor, Seldom Seen Farms, with their bourbon barrel-aged maple syrup. Kevin and his staff there do a wonderful job. We're excited to have them sign on again this year to support the Bourbon Road, and we love their product. And with it being Christmas season, we hope our listeners will visit SeldomSeenMaple.com and check out all they have to offer. A lot of great gifts there bourbon aged maple syrup bourbon barrel aged coffee rickhouse reserve barbecue sauce you can buy it by the bottle you can buy it by the case you can even get bourbon maple candle and they even have maple cotton candy definitely definitely check out seldomseenmaple.com support our sponsors support kevin and his family there they have a 5,000 maple tap operation in Ohio, and they're doing it right. You know, they don't just produce maple syrup. They're also bourbon enthusiasts, and we love them to death. Again, go check out SeldomSeenMaple.com. Kevin and the staff will take care of you. Welcome back, listeners, to another episode of the Bourbon Road Podcast. I'm your host, Jim Shannon. We've got a great show in store for you today. And today on the show, our guest is Jason C. Jason, is it all? Is it still Jason C? Or oh, you, can, you can use my full name. <laughs> Jason Calori. Mash go. and drum. Old friend. Actually, I might even say somewhat of a mentor to me because uh, I think it's his youtube channel that kind of gave me inspiration to to kind of start the podcast so we go back a long way we've been on a number of adventures together i should say and it's great to have him on the show today to catch up a little bit and today jason we're gonna sort of dive into some what we think are our surprising american whiskeys of 2022 yeah i love it it's a it's a great topic well first first of all you know thanks for having me on jim's really good to catch up with you talk to you again and go through this list i mean i probably had more disappointments than anything this year but i will say the ones that surprised me that we'll talk about have really surprised me so i'm looking forward to taking a deep dive with you on these yeah you know when i was thinking about this you know it was it was surprising whiskeys can be good and bad right i mean you can have a surprising whiskey that that is just out of the box blows you away because it's something special and different. You've never had before. Yep. And on the other hand, you can have whiskey that kind of just disappointed you, you know, just didn't quite measure up to what you thought it might be. Maybe it didn't measure up to the price, right? Yeah. I mean, it's harder, it's harder and harder to do that each passing year because prices just seem to go up and it's almost like the, the limited releases or the new releases that come out, you're looking at paying, normally a hundred bucks minimum, if not 200, you know, to get any of these bottles these days. So, uh, you know, pricing is, has become, you know, really hard to navigate, especially with the changing market. And there's still such, so many good bourbons that are just available on the shelf that, you know, when you're reviewing these and you're kind of going through the costs and the, and the, and the differences and the value, you know, it's, it's really hard to kind of, you know, judge because, you know, I'll say most of the, you know, special releases I've had this year or limited releases or, you know, distillery releases haven't been still as good as some of the stuff I could just get on the shelf for a lot cheaper. So, and that, that I think that's the part that worries me a little bit about American whiskey. <laughs> I mean, I'm always excited to open the package, you know, to open the, open the bottle and, and see what's in there. I still get that you know, that little schoolboy kind of Christmas gift kind of excitement in me. Every time a bottle arrives or, or a friend drop one, drops one off or something, it's, it's, it, but you're right. You're, you're not always pleasantly surprised. Sometimes you're a little disappointed. And, and honestly, 
there's such a large variety of whiskeys on the market now. Not like when we started this a few years back, right? The things were yeah. a little bit limited back then. We've got a lot yeah. to choose from today. A lot, yeah. of, uh, a lot of great whiskeys and a lot of, uh, well, so-so whiskeys, right? Yeah, you have, you have brands that are extending their product lines. You have new blenders coming into the mix that I think are making interesting things, um, whether it be just straight-up blends, double oak, finishes. Uh, Burai was a, was a big... Uh, was a big category this year. A lot of bourbon and rye blends, which I think were really interesting, most of them. Um, but yeah, there's there's so much to choose from. Then I think you have the other side of it where you could kind of tell it's just, you know, whiskey names and people getting into the business just to kind of make a buck and um, uh, just to get their bottle on the shelf. But, you know, I, I think for most folks, there's a marketing spin to that. And then for you know, bourbon drinkers and whiskey nerds and bourbon nerds, I think they can kind of see through that, some of that stuff, but it's true. There, there's a, there's still a FOMO aspect to it all where you want to have the, the latest release. You want to, you know, be able to taste what it like, cause it really doesn't matter sometimes like whatever I say as a reviewer or anybody else does, there's going to be a part of that singular person that's going to want to get that bottle anyway to taste it for themselves. And there's nothing wrong with that. Absolutely. I agree with you completely. Well, I think we probably ought to get, get to the whiskey. We've got um, eight bottles to go through on the show today. So viewers, sit back, relax, enjoy yourself, grab a pour of your own, and uh, grab that surprising whiskey uh, that you had this year and just join in with us. So surprisingly enough, I think our first whiskey is a rye, and it actually is the same rye. We both picked the same bottle. Yeah, I and this was by no means planned. We just happened, we just jumped on before we recorded and we're like, hey, what bottles do you have? And the first bottle ended up being one we both had, <laughs> which is crazy. Why don't you uh, let us know what it is? All right, so we've got the uh, the Hard Truth Sweet Mash Rye out of Brown County, Indiana, Nashville, Indiana, out of the Hard mm -hmm. Truth Distillery. And uh, this is a sweet mash rye, and uh, it's actually a fairly young rye, right? Yeah, it's only two to three years old. I mean, and I think the flavor that you get in this bottle was was what surprised, I think, both of us, how good and well-rounded of a rye was. And I know you read the word sweet mash. I don't know if that plays into your brain a little bit, because it does drink very sweet for a rye, and I, I love it. It's got a really nice balance of rye spice and sweetness it's it's a fantastic rye one that just kind of came on the radar had no idea what it was and i tried it and man is it fantastic stuff and you've got a little in your glass and so do i yep you know it's got a nice fruity nose uh for me it's kind of got those uh those spiced apples mm-hmm yeah, I'm with you. I think apple, caramel, a little bit of mint there from that from that rye spice. Yeah, it's 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 really interesting to me this bottle how how it really blends using that sweet match process. How it really blends the um, you know the, those sweet and spicy notes, and it's just really like you don't you just don't expect that from a two to three year rye. I think the only one that ever broke the mold for me that actually had that was Wilderness Trail. I think when Wilderness Trail was first coming out with their single barrel rise, I was super impressed at how good they were for the age. And I think I would put this right up there with that. Yeah, absolutely. I tend to agree with you. Now, this one's kind of dark, too. I mean, it's got great color to it. Uh, surprisingly, yeah. for two to three years old, it looks more like what you would expect to see in a five-year-old rye. Yep. Yeah, good color to it. It's It's very viscous on the palate as well. Now, this was a batch of 30 barrels. Uh, it's a... If I if I remember correctly, this is a ninety-four percent rye, six percent malted rye, I think. Mm -hmm. So a hundred percent rye. They had thirty That's barrels in the batch. So which batch do you have? Do you have batch uh this is batch one? Batch, batch one, okay. Yeah, so is, I'm drinking batch is, two. Okay. It's still pretty similar to what I tried from batch uh from batch one. I think it ages a little bit between each batch. Uh, not mm -hmm. a lot, but a little bit. It gets a little bit older. And I remember tasting this and, and just be saying to myself, like, 
besides Wilderness Trail, I can't think of a I can't think of a first batch product that has blown me away like this. So I like to me it's that good. I mean, I I mean, there's like that mix of orchard fruit in it, but then it gets into there's like a dark, like almost like coffee, like coffee bean type thing going on too. Deep brown sugars. It's just, it's so good. Yeah, I get a little bit of uh, like raisin and licorice on the palate. Uh, yeah, but kind of yeah. more more raisin. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I when I had this blind the first time, I thought it was finished because it was so flavorful. And when they told me it was a two year eye, I couldn't even believe it. So. So you tasted this one blind. That's that's awesome. Yeah. So have you been to the distillery? I have not because um, I just, you know, I'm not in Indiana often. Usually when I'm in Indiana, I'm down at Starlight. <laughs> so I have to <laughs> definitely make I definitely have to make a, a trip over there then and see, you know, hard truth and what they're working on because it's it's uh it's good stuff. I think uh yeah. Actually, it, you know, going to be actually putting a video out on the next couple rides here in the next uh, couple weeks. So because awesome. I'm just yeah. I'm just so impressed with how good that rye is. Well, it's a it's a great place to go to and visit. The distillery is is phenomenal, and uh, the people there are really yeah. nice. the uh, The town that it's in is a, is a great getaway for a day or a weekend. So, mm-hmm. definitely a nice place to go. So, I I love it. What's uh, next might, on our list uh, here? Let's I, see. I'm gonna let, I'm gonna let you lead out. I don't have a bottle list yet, but uh, Jack Daniels was really nice enough to send me a sample to do a video on, which I did. It's the Jack Daniels double barrel single malt finished in Oloroso cherry casks. I know it's a, it's kind of a mouthful, but this was a uh, kind of a project, I guess, that Jack Daniels we've seen. They've been working on it for years, trying to perfect, you know, learning about single malt. Now, as you know, uh, Brown Foreman owns, uh, you know, owns Jack Daniels as well as Old Forester, but they also own some pretty pretty well-known single malt scotch distilleries, including Glendronic, which is, you know, for scotch heads, Glendronic is uh, a, an extremely well-known and, and very highly regarded producer of a uh, single malt scotch. So I think Jack Daniels, you know, and speaking with Chris Fletcher, they had the opportunity to go over to Scotland and kind of learn about the whole process as they were starting it. And I think what came out, what Jack Daniels created with this, uh, this limited edition release is Something I never would have expected. Now, we got to try some of their single malt in the Jack Daniels triple mash that came out this year, which was a really nice $30, $35 you know, dollar bottle. Um, unfor- you know, that, that was a, a blend, though. So you had some of the bourbon, you had the rye, then you had their single malt in it. So we didn't really get to try the single malt in all its glory uh, just yet until they released this bottle. And, you know, for, for someone that... Wouldn't really expect much from a Jack Daniels single malt. It really surprised me how good it was. It's like drinking raspberry jam, and it's so good. Wow, it's so good. Yeah. So is this is this bottle available now? It's just starting to hit, you know, retail now. I mean, obviously, now this falls in line. The same bottles like the Barrel Proof Rye, the Heritage release, the um, uh, you know, what was what was the one? Uh, you know the Koi Hill, which was last year's release. So this is the uh, next one yeah. in that li- in that lineup of limited edition special releases for uh, for the year. So uh, yeah, but it's it's starting to hit the market now. I think some people have already gotten them. I've already seen them, seen them on secondary here and there. But yeah, they're they're out there, and it's it's a. I don't think it's going to be everyone's favorite because it is so different. It is a maltiness to it, but. I will say when I tried it, I was surprised still there's that little bit of Jack Daniels DNA in the backbone of it that you could taste. You still get a little bit of the maple syrup, the banana that's on the back end of it, but it's all layered with like that malty, brown sugary, raspberry jam and chocolate. It's just, it's an absolute stunner of a whiskey. And um, maybe, maybe I wasn't so, so much surprised that jack daniels would put out or make something that's a single malt that's completely new that would be so good uh maybe i shouldn't have been surprised but it sure as hell surprised me (laughs) well i think single malts in general are coming into their own here in america and it's just it's an amazing trend and it's one that i'm pretty excited about 
Yeah, I mean, single malt's going to be where it's at, and it's finally getting a legal definition from the TTB. So by the end of the year, so I think it's going to be. It, th- this makes it easier for you know single malts, American single malts, to compete with, with other you know uh, whiskey categories in the in the U.S. So it's an exciting time for them. So Jason, how many videos a week are you putting out now? About three plus a plus a live stream. It's a, it's a lot. Um, you know, I keeps you busy. Yeah, definitely keeps me busy, but you know, it's, you know, I, I love it. I, I love doing it. If I didn't love it, I wouldn't be doing it. So, um, and that's really the, it's really kind of the, the crux of everything. You know, you shouldn't really be doing it if you don't love it. So I love it. I that's love the right. community. I, I love my patrons. I love the people that I've met. It's, it's hard to, it's hard to not keep going when you have so much, you know, just, just uh, unrelenting support. And, you know, I couldn't be more thankful for them. So you've got uh, a pretty good sized community now uh, of, of patrons and, and, and of viewers in general. Yep. I mean, it's kind of a family, right? I mean, how's it been growing that over the years? It really is. I, I think, um, I think COVID, you know, really kind of sprung everything up because people were home a lot and watching whiskey tube and, you know, the only thing that people really could do at home is, you know, drink a little. So they were, uh, they were tuning in and learning about all these, uh, all these channels and a bunch of new channels also sprung up. I mean, there's channels that just do live streams as, as community hangouts. Now they're not really putting out reviews or content, but they're just, you know, jumping on and inviting other people in the whiskey community that watch uh, whiskey tube and YouTube to jump on and just hang out and talk about whiskey and, just like the most uncorrupted, <laughs> you know, like beautiful part of, of what I love about whiskey too, just because it's just so, it, it's just like a great bunch of people with different creeds and backgrounds, you know, it doesn't matter what they believe or what the, where they're from. It's everyone's just there to talk about the whiskey and hang out and learn more about each other. And I think that's, what's the amazing part. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. So, I mean, when you started, there were just a, a rare few, right? Doing this, uh, around the world there was i think it was there was more than that but i think there was um you know when i first started i think there were like maybe three to four or five like main whiskey content creators that people look to um when i came around there was still you know the bourbon junkies had this kind of joined on at them you know my buddy scott from my bourbon journey he was kind of already going um and there were there was a few more sprinkled in there too and we all kind of came up together you're like through this time of covid and uh it really has become the family has just grown larger and um i think i think in some cases it's it's gotten better you know and very few cases i think it's you know it's gotten worse just because it opens you up for a little bit more criticism you know here and there from you know there are a lot of very salty people in the whiskey game it seems (laughs) so (laughs) oh yeah self-proclaimed right yeah (laughs) yes yes Uh, all right, so uh, I'm going to move on to my second surprising pour of the year, and uh, this is from a very small distillery in Kentucky, not far from the Tennessee border, Dueling Grounds Distillery. This Dueling is the Ground. this is the Lincoln Pinch Kentucky Straight Bourbon. It's a four year old bourbon. This is a single barrel. Uh, this is actually a weeded bourbon, and it's four years old. And it's uh, full strength, so 120 proof. Wow! And uh, yeah, yeah, it's 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 amazing. Now I was t- telling you before the show, before we went on air, I, I was kind of saying, you know, this bottle either is an amazing single barrel sent down from the heavens, or they <laughs> just make really good whiskey there. So uh, I'd like to think they make really good whiskey there. This is a. Uh, a spice drop candy for me on the nose. Like, you know, those little uh, sugar-coated, bell-shaped spice drop candies that you have at the holidays? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It's, it's it's all about that on the nose. It does have a little bit of, of licorice to it. So that's 66 corn, 22 wheat, 11 barley. Is that the, is that the uh, mash bowl? You caught me off guard. Normally, yeah, I'm, just, I do my I'm just reading it. I'm just, 
I'm just reading it. I'm wondering if it actually, that's what it says in the bottle anywhere. Um, it does. But I do like the bottle. I, I do like the bottle, the way it looks. I like the label. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's it's really good. Now, this place is super, super small. It's it's about the size yeah. of an old uh, gas station. <laughs> but very small <laughs> place. But But guess what, guys? They make their own stuff, 100% of it. They make it. They bottle it. That's they awesome. age it. They do it all. So... Uh, if you are traveling between Louisville and Nashville, you get down just a little bit past Bowling Green, Kentucky, and uh, turn off on the exit right before you hit the Tennessee line there. Turn off on Franklin, Kentucky exit, about five miles off mm-hmm. the interstate there. You can go visit them and get a bottle for yourself. It's uh, it's it's some really good whiskey. This is uh, it's soft. But at the same time, it's layered with a lot of flavor. It has a lot of spiciness to it. And the finish on it is surprisingly long. Uncharacteristically so for a, like a weeded bourbon, I think. It, it really carries a long finish. Yeah, you would, you know, with that. Every time like you, you drink a weeder, you know, people think that it's automatically going to be like an easy experience. But you know, I've had a lot of you know, more of the youthful side weeders that have had a lot of spice to it that I've really enjoyed. Yeah, I mean this does have a little bit of licorice on the palate too, and it's but it's very very mouth coating, and uh, I think one of my notes from when we reviewed it was that it has kind of a candied jalapeno on the back end. So, just, oh, so it's got that. It's, it's, spicy. So it's got that much spice. Yeah, yeah, it's wow. it's a spicy okay. weeded bourbon, no doubt. But it's it's tastefully done. It's it's a really good. This is a really good barrel. I just hope they're all this good. Yeah, I will tell you this. I stopped in there to pick up the bottle one day, and it was like a revolving door. People in and out all day long, just buying, buying bottles, buying bottles. <laughs> That's awesome. So my next bottle is the Chattanooga Founders 10th Anniversary Blend. One I haven't had. Yeah, which is one of those bottles where, again, I mean, I love what Chattanooga does. And I'm a huge fan of Tim Pearson and the whole team down there. Uh, you know, back in 2012, you know, Chattanooga was blending and bottling their eight, 1816 uh, bottlings. Um, but that was MGP. And, uh, you know, eventually, you know, they had to, you know, make their own stuff because, you know, their whole mantra was, you know, let's have whiskey back in Chattanooga. Well, you know, to them, it's like, well, we're sitting here saying that Chattanooga whiskey, but we're buying it from MGP in Indiana. So once their stuff was was ready to go, they developed their Tennessee high malt, uh, which is a high malt bourbon recipe. So the Chattanooga Founders is a blend of three whiskey recipes distilled in Chattanooga and Lawrenceburg, Indiana. So they kind of combined the past and the present uh, to make this Founders blend. And you just wouldn't think a high malt and... MGP would really work together as like a separate blend, but it really does. It's a, it is mouth coating. It is sweet. It is um, uh, a little bit spicy. It's chocolatey. Got a little smokiness to it as well. It's it's really delicious stuff. It's it's more of a of a chocolatey and rye, uh, almost like a spicy tobacco type note to it. And I absolutely loved it. They really did a good job with it. And can you get your hands on it at all, or is it pretty much get snapped uh, up? Apparently, it is. Apparently, it is still around. Um, probably mostly in Tennessee. I'm not sure how much it got out of Tennessee, but um, I have some friends in Tennessee that say that they're still hanging around. So yeah, if you know anyone in Tennessee, have them grab you one. <laughs> now, uh, the Chattanooga Distillery down there, the Chattanooga Whiskey Company, they they kind of pioneered getting. Uh, distilling back into Tennessee, didn't they? I mean, they were among the first to really get it going again. Yeah, I mean, the story is really amazing. Chattanooga built a distillery without the legal license to actually distill anything. Um, Chattanooga used to be a pretty, you know, a, a pretty bustling hub of of uh, of distillation, you know, pre-prohibition. Uh, you know, they're right there on the, you know, right there on the water, right there by the river. And, um, you know, a lot of, you know, steamships and, and boats coming in and out of there with whiskey. And once prohibition happened, you know, like a lot of other places, you know, it kind of stopped and then never really, it never really, uh, resurfaced. So, 
Chattanooga, even though it's an interesting being in Tennessee, you know, Jack Daniels is there. Um, but it was one of the, it's one of the counties that just didn't allow distillation. So they really had to fight to get it lifted and be able to do that. And so they, they bet big and it's worked out for them because they're putting out some really great whiskey. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, Jason, we're up against a break here. We're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we have, I've got at least two more and you've got at least one more, right? And then we have some honorable mentions too, right? And some honorable mentions. So folks don't go away. When we get back, a lot more to come. Check out SeldomSeenMaple.com. That's Seldom Seen Farms. Kevin and his staff there are doing a fantastic job. And like we said at the beginning of the show, you know, they've got a 5,000 maple tap operation. They're a first-generation farm with a passion to produce the very best maple products available. They've won so many awards. And they have a very special, unique aging method for their syrup and for their barrel-aged coffee. They provide quality at a very affordable price. You know, they're not a maple factory or a co-packer. Kevin and his staff there are farmers with a passion for maple. Like I said before, Kevin is a bourbon enthusiast. He's not just a paid sponsor. He's a friend of the show. He's a roadie. And he loves helping roadies get down the bourbon road. Make sure you check out SeldomSeenMaple.com. You know, they're constantly producing great bourbon-aged maple syrups using barrels from the very best distilleries. They also return those barrels to the distilleries. Afterwards, distilleries like New Riff, Leaper's Fork, Treaty Oak Distilling, The Bar Distillery, Pine Bluffs Distilling, Mystic Farm and Distillery, Jay Riger, so many more to come. Kevin and his staff there are just spreading the love, spreading the maple syrup, making it happen. And you know, at the end of the day, those barrels that age that maple syrup get refilled with some wonderful bourbon and make some great maple finished bourbon whiskey. How awesome is that? Definitely check out SeldomSeenMaple.com. Get you some. So we are back. I'm still sipping on a little bit of that Lincoln Pinch bourbon. I'm trying to get rid of it because I'm up next. I got another bottle. That's right. Pressure's on. <laughs> Pressure's on. So next on my list. So I'm I'm getting out of the bourbon now. I, well, I had a rye and I had a bourbon. Now I've got an American single pot still whiskey. This is the Virgin White Oak Cask from Talnua Distillery out of Colorado. This is the first single pot still whiskey to be produced in the United States. So uh, for those who don't know what a single pot still whiskey is, if you're a, a bourbon lover and haven't delved much into Irish whiskey, a single pot still whiskey is uh, um, a combination of both malted barley and unmalted barley. So back when the King of England was taxing uh, the Irish people on their malt, they decided, well, if he's going to tax us on malt, we'll start using unmalted barley to make our whiskey and we won't get taxed on that. So there's their way to get around taxes, but it became a very uh, mm -hmm. desirable mash bill. And even today it's uh it's one of the best, right? Irish whiskeys. Yeah. I mean, Irish whiskey is a huge growing, you know, segment in whiskey in the world in general. So um, there's one other, there's one other distillery, well, there's a few that I know, but the one I've gotten to try is called ASW out of, um, out of uh, Georgia, in, uh, Atlanta, Georgia. And they're also making their own. I think you have to call it in Irish style American whiskey. Is that the, is that the, the language they have to use on the label? Because they can't call it Irish whiskey. Yeah. So I think you have to say Irish yeah. style. Yeah. You can say Irish style. You can't. You can't call it Irish whiskey because that's that's protected yep. the same way bourbon is. Uh, but in the case, but it is an American whiskey category, right? 
Yeah, exactly. Yeah. ASW is the one that jumps out that I got to try, and I thought it was very impressive. It it did taste very Irish uh, or Irish style, I should say. Uh, they all you know they did a uh, you know single pot still as well, so really really good stuff. I mean, some of those single pot stills they get up in age. Use that combination of malted and unmalted unmalted barley. They get really tropical. I get like pineapple and all these great deep rich fruit uh, fruit flavors for days. So this is uh, this has really got the the baking cabinet and kind of the spice cabinet nutmeg. It's kind of buttery, still sweet. Yeah, I mean, yeah, buttery is a pretty it's a pretty uh, common term for you know Irish whiskeys or Irish style. And let's get like that uh, that butter like that butter and biscuits like type uh, flavor profile. Yeah, on the palate, it's honey. It's uh, kind of, well, I would say it's a little more maple, kind of mm-hmm. syrupy, brown sugar, kind of toffee, chocolate. I mean, it's got a lot going. It's very layered. And what was, I'm sorry, what was the age on that one? I don't know what the age on this one is. It's 86 proof, minimum of three oh. years. Three years, okay. That's a pretty. That's a decent age. But yeah, as that stuff gets older, um, it's going to get definitely more tropical. I think. I'm not sure how, how, uh, how far they're going to be aging their stuff. But yeah, that's what usually happens. It's, I mean, it settles in on the on the back of the palate with like a a nice toasted oak and a little bit of ginger. It's mm-hmm. got it's got a lot of notes to it. I think you could sit and sip on this. This is sessionable for sure. This is one that you could sit down with a bottle with a buddy and uh, make it disappear over the course of several hours. It's got a lot going on. Yeah, I mean, uh, uh, at eighty six proof, I mean, yeah, I can imagine it being pretty sessionable. Yep. Yeah, that's awesome. So, Jason, you you're doing a lot of barrel picks now, right? Yeah, it's pretty nonstop, um, but that's what we want to bring to the um, you know to my patrons. Um, we've kind of kept it small. Uh, so for those of you that don't know, um, I have combined with uh, Scott from my Bourbon Journey to make the Mash and Journey Whiskey Club, and basically, if you're a patron, you get access to the picks, and um, you know, as long as they don't sell out. <laughs> which most of them usually do. But um, the the whole deal of us doing this was to try to bring the the best single barrels and the most variety that we could to uh, to everyone. And I think uh, doing this so far two years, the first year we did about maybe 20-ish, 22, 23 picks. And this year we're already going to be up to about 50. So we've, we've done a lot. Uh, yeah, there's been a lot in the last year that we've done and we've already had picks lined up for next year. And uh, we're just kind of, I I think the thing that we learned with so many groups doing picks now, these days, we have to really be more cognizant of what we're picking and be a little bit more um, uh, selective as to what we want to bring the group. So. Sure. So I would imagine with 50 picks, you're not traveling to 50 places. So some of these are definitely samples coming to you, right? Yeah, most of them are. I think the ones that we have been able to get out, get out to, that's been really interesting. Uh, I would say Cedar Ridge is probably one of the, the, the most fun I had was it would going over to Cedar Ridge and the, you know, in Iowa and, uh, you know, in the middle of corn country and learning what they do and their process. And, um, you know, when you kind of visit some of these smaller distilleries, uh, you know, out in the middle of nowhere, I mean, you really kind of, you know, get to see what they're working with and what their what their mantra is, what their whole mindset is when it comes to uh, distilling their philosophy. Uh, maybe some of the things that they do a little bit differently than other distilleries. It's really interesting when you kind of go to these different places. And I mean, you know, you're all over Kentucky visiting distilleries from the small ones to the big ones. Everybody does something a little bit different, which is, uh, I think, what makes them unique. Yeah, it's it's a different. It's kind of a different experience when you get to go uh, to the distillery itself, especially these smaller craft distilleries that are out and about. Uh, whether they be you know in in Iowa or in Ohio or wherever it may be, get to these smaller distilleries and and hear their stories and talk to their distillers and and meet the people. They don't get a lot of uh, media in there like like the, those that are on the bourbon trail. 
you know, get, get mm-hmm. a lot of traffic. Uh, but it's, it's always great to go and, and experience that. And it makes for a great pick. It's a lot of fun. Have you been able to take any of your, uh, your patrons on picks? Yeah, that's uh, as many as we can when we can. You know, obviously when COVID was happening, it was a little bit tougher to get out to certain uh, areas. But we've had we've had patrons on live picks before helping uh, pick barrels, uh, you know, virtually, um, you know, some Woodenvilles. We did some Driftless Glen, uh, Jack Daniels. Actually, we did uh, two barrels with them. We did, we got two Jack Daniels single barrel barrel proof picks. So and all this, you know, with getting as many patrons as we can involved if we can, because I think that's a big part of the of the experience too because you want to you know you want to feel like you're 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 a part of it and i make sure if we're allowed to do a sticker on the bottle you know i definitely call out you know the whole group that that uh that helped us and they get there they get to see their name on the sticker and everything i think it's it's great it's a it's an experience so do you do all those sticker designs or you and scott do those sticker designs no i make i make all of them scott can't even draw a stick figure so yeah We we love this guy. <laughs> yeah, we love this guy. You can't you can't draw. So yeah. All right. Well, I'll definitely say if you get a chance to try uh, Talnua. Uh, by the way, Talnua is kind of an odd name, but it means uh, new land. New land. It's Gaelic for new land. New land. So this is uh, this is their kind of way of saying that you know they're 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 doing the Irish work over here in the U.S. now. So kind of cool. I like. All right, Jason, what do you have next? I'm excited. So my last bottle is the Wild Turkey Unforgotten. This is their master's keep from this year. And while I... So Wild Turkey still remains my favorite, you know, bourbon brand distillery, whatever you want to call it. I love Wild Turkey. Um, But based on last year's, I was not a fan of of the one. Uh, the toasted one that they brought out last year, I yeah. thought it was it was a good whiskey. It was a decent bourbon, but I didn't think it was master's keep worthy. Um, so I don't know. I really wasn't sure what to expect with the unforgotten. I wasn't really crazy about the name of it. I was kind of already prejudging it. But man, when I tasted it, yikes, was I wrong? This this thing is such a good blend of straight bourbon and rye, and then finished in a rye cask. So. Under five proof. I think it's 13-year-old bourbon and eight to nine-year-old rye that's uh that's in the blend. Um, you know, and that's all Wild Turkey does. They have a bourbon and a rye. They don't really have much else unless you want to, you know, talk about the uh the the wild honey, <laughs> um, the liqueur. But this one is just sweet caramel, cinnamon, rye spice kind of comes into the to the balance as well. It gets fruity, gets gingery. It's just all over the palate. And my favorite part of this whiskey this year is just how much it sustains its spice from the front of the palate to the back. And every time you go back to it and sip it, it doesn't go flat. It doesn't lose that interesting quality to it that makes it so good. And I just think, I don't know, with so many of these releases coming out, and I was, I think I was on kind of like the downturn where I was, I was reviewing a lot of whiskeys where I just was not happy with. I'm like, all right, come on, Wild Turkey Unforgotten. Let's see, see what happens. And then I tried it. I'm like, yes, Wild Turkey saves the day. This is so good. <laughs> and that, and that's a little bit of Bruce, right? Mm-hmm. This was um, or, or a lot of Bruce. Eddie, maybe. <laughs> a lot of Bruce, but you know, had some. I think Eddie chose the cast, but it was really Bruce's idea to kind of put it all together and finish it in a rye cask. And I know Bruce was super proud of this one, and I um, I love this bottle. I know some people were a little bit lukewarm on it. I think some people want it to be a bourbon or rye, but man, do I love how this blends! So big, big yeah, surprise for me. Okay. That's going to definitely, yeah. I was going to say that you know that's okay because you know not everybody has to like everything. Everybody that's why there's so much variety out there. We each get to choose our own lane, and. Uh, yeah. It's, uh, you know, it's, it's kind of with that with that bottle of. Uh, well, I'll talk about that later. I don't want to. I don't want to spoil the, the the honorable mentions. So I'll just leave that. I'll leave that live. <laughs> Sounds good. <laughs> All right. So, well, I'm going to move on to my next bottle, and my next bottle okay. is also also a wild turkey. 
And uh, this just happens to be the uh, the Wild Turkey 12-year 101 export. They brought it back. And I know everybody has uh, oh, has heard yeah. that the, the export is, is back now. And uh, mm-hmm. pretty excited about it. And I just happened to uh, – I happened on a bottle of it because it's very hard to get – because it's mm-hmm. only available in Japan, Korea, and Australia. Yep. And uh, and certain um, people who travel internationally can get it for you. So we had uh, David Jennings on the show a couple weeks back. And uh, this was one of the bottles we tasted with him. And we hadn't had it before. He had. And I uh, was pretty excited to try it for the first time. Yeah, it's um that bottle really surprised me. I was lucky enough to get one too from someone traveling. Um and I, I don't know, there's there's a certain representation of just really good aged oak in that bottle that I'm super impressed with. Because you think sometimes while turkey getting into that 12-year space, it could get a little bit oaky, tannic, maybe a little bit medicinal, but this does not. It's a beautifully, it's a beautifully crafted. 12 year, uh, bourbon from, uh, from wild Turkey. Yeah. I'd like to, I'd like to think it's still one oh one. It still has that, you know, that wild Turkey profile, but it's, uh, it's amped up a little bit on the cherry, uh, in the brown sugar. It's got a nice cinnamon clove combination to it. You know, when you have, have you ever made a hot toddy when you get that cinnamon clove and, It's got a nice balance of cinnamon and clove to it. It's just, it's just a wonderfully delicious whiskey. And Dave kind of dropped a bomb on us. We had him on the show. He's talking about his new book, uh, Wild yep. Turkey Musings. And uh, he said, you know, the Wild Turkey 12-Year 101 export is probably my 2022 bourbon of the year. So, yeah, that's... Uh, wow. That's from the man himself. That's high praise from uh, from David. Yep. Yeah. I, Absolutely. It is. It, it it doesn't punch very high. It's um you know even at 101 proof, I still think it it drinks below that. You know, for me, uh, for me personally. But man, the flavors that it has and the beautiful oak on it, it's just it's a it's a unbelievable release. I I I do wish we would see that in the states for more people to try that and. I hope that does come down the pipeline at some point. Yeah, it would it would be awesome. I, I guess that's on everybody's wish list is to have the twelve year one hundred one available here in the states. But well, let's we'll see. I was just going to say, you yeah, never know. You never know. <laughs> a little bit of cherry on the nose, a little bit of cherry on the palate, and my goodness, dried cherries on the finish. I think the cherries carry through on this one. I really like it a lot, and. Uh, Mm-hmm. I thought I had my bourbon of the year figured out and we haven't announced yet. I'm getting close. This is definitely in the yeah. running. Um, in the mix we'll, for see, you. we'll see where it ends up. Yeah. Yeah. That this unforgotten is definitely going to be up there. I I'm just not sure what, what, what category I put it in. I think it's just going to be my top 10 bourbons and whiskeys because you know, this is a blend of bourbons and rye, so it, it could you could either call it a rye or a bourbon, but you know, it's it's just a really unique uh, blend of straight whiskey. So I love it. So what happened to the the rum and bourbon kind of thing? Is it is it drifting away a little bit, or is it is it maintaining a little bit of steam? Yeah, I don't. I mean, I think people are doing it, but I think the I think the trend now is beer finished bourbons. I think that's what we're, I think that's what we're seeing more often is beer finishes, um, stouts, porters, IPAs, pale ales, whatever people, whatever beers people can get their hands on. I really feel like uh, towards the late, later half of the year, that's what I've been seeing. Obviously, you have you you have certain things that trend. Also, I think this year we saw a lot more ryes that are finished rather than bourbons that are finished. So, yeah. you know, ryes finished in Port, Madeira, um, 
apple brandy, whatever it may be. I, I'm just seeing, I felt like, and I, I kind of like that. I, I, I feel like I tend to like finished ryes more than bourbons because I think the rye holds up, up to the, to the finish where sometimes the bourbon can get overtaken by the finish. I, I think that's very, very true. And, and I've noticed it a number of times. We, we receive a lot of bottles in as you do as well, I'm sure for reviews and, and from time mm-hmm. to time you do get those bourbons that have just, they've just been overpowered by the finishing and rice. Yeah. They hold up, they hold up a lot better to that. I think exactly. They do. Yep. So I got another question for you and that is, um, what do you think about, do you think there's a little bit of consolidation going on in the, in the, in the whiskey world? Uh, we've, we've had a lot of acquisitions going on lately. Yeah. And um, I'll you know give a shout out to Fred Minnick, you know, listening to him at the beginning of, uh, or the end of last year, you know, he, he kind of called it. He, uh, he said that we're going to see a lot of consolidation and that's what we've been seeing. You know, you saw what happened with uh, Wilderness Trail um, and some other, uh, you know, Woodenville got got bought recently. And there's just a lot happening with uh, distilleries. Uh, Bartstown Bourbon Company as well was not immune to that either. Uh, but, yeah, I, I think a lot of that is going to happen, especially with some of the smaller distilleries. Uh, once they hit a certain point and they're making enough money for for some investor to come in or some one of the bigger brands to come in and buy something up, then uh, I think that's, I think the more that some of these brands, more that they, they could get underneath their umbrella, their portfolio, I think they're going to try to do it. Now, some of the consolidation that took place back in the, the eighties and nineties, uh, and uh, those brands were more or less relegated to the bottom shelf, right? A lot of them were anyway. Do you think some of that's going to happen now yeah. as well? Um, uh, I, I would say yes. I mean, I, I don't think anything is out of the, the realm. I mean, I mean, look at, uh, look at Diageo. I mean, they just bought Balcones out of Texas, which is a huge single malt distillery. So I, I, I think, I think nobody's immune to it at this point. I think we're just going to keep seeing it. Yeah, I think it'll continue. And, uh, but, but still we have a lot of small distilleries popping up, new distilleries popping up all the time people wanting to get into the game. Uh, it seems like more and more lately it is non-distilling producers though. Yeah. It's mostly non-distilling producers. I think a lot of people will just want the name. Some people want the whiskey. Um, look at Barton Burma company. I mean, they, they bought, they, uh, bought one of, uh, another, Oh, I'm actually maybe showing my hand a little bit. Here is one of my, uh, my, my honorable Uh-oh. mentions for surprise. <laughs> bourbons. Yeah. Um, and that's green river. Um, Green River was sold to Bartside Bourbon Company, um, and I thought it was, you know, to for Bartside Bourbon Company to not only get that distillery, but get the names, get the products, and also have another distillery where they could produce whiskey. I think that's some of the other part of it that people aren't looking at. You know, some of these huge distilleries that are buying smaller ones, they they just don't have enough capacity to keep up with it, so they want to buy another distillery if they can, and just have some more space, have another still that they can use to produce more whiskey. So I think that's another big part of it as well. But yeah, Green River, I'll just say it now, that that was for a $35 bourbon. That was one of the most impressive bourbons I had this year for the price, for the money, the high rye aspect of it. And another product that Green River makes is the Wheel Horse bourbon. And that's a 101 proof bourbon that goes right up against Wild Turkey 101. I mean, I did those in a blind in a video, and I almost, I almost lost it because I couldn't tell what was what. And I'm like, oh my god, am I about to go against my beloved Wild Turkey 101? Um, but those, yeah, those, those two, those two really well priced brands from uh, from Green River are absolutely delicious, and those were a couple surprises for me. Let's go ahead since you kind of started off here talking about honorable mentions. These are these are whiskeys that uh, didn't make our cut for the show, but we definitely want to make sure we sh- give them a shout out. Um, yep. I had I had um, two whiskeys that were going to be cons- I was going to consider for most improved, basically the distillery or the expression okay. that was most improved. And it was kind of a toss-up for me between two of them. One of them was uh, Devil's River out of Texas. 
mm-hmm. whose initial release kind of disappointed a little bit, I think. And then uh, their most recent release that I had just uh, maybe a month ago was a very nice surprise. It's very nice. So if if you've had Devil's River in the past, I would suggest that you try some of their latest bottles, and I think you'll find that uh, they're much improved. The other one was Jep the Creed Distillery. Jep the Creed had a, a little bit of a rough start, as we as we all know, and uh, some of their initial, at least their four-grain whiskey, uh, wasn't uh, was kind of uh, polarizing, I think, uh, and not everybody accepted it well. But I will tell you this, that their more recent releases, particularly the Red, White, and Blue uh, release they just had to honor Veterans Day. It has uh, bloody butcher red corn in it. It has uh, blue corn and it has uh, white sweet corn in it. It was pretty darn tasty. So they've got some good things going on. They did get to taste their uh, their more recent, well-aged six-year uh, weeded bourbon. And I have to say that it's it's delicious. So some good things coming out of there and uh, definitely worth a trip back around to Jeff the Creed to check them out again. Uh, they're also doing some contract distilling and uh, there's a uh, burnt church distillery out of South Carolina has a Johnny fever expression and that's made by uh, Jeff the Creed and it's actually pretty darn tasty. So oh, I think, nice. uh, I think they got hear. some good things going on. So most improved. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> most improved. Yeah. I mean, if I had to pick a most improved, I probably will stay local here uh, as well. I'll probably go with um, Watershed Distillery here in uh, Columbus, Ohio. When I first moved here, they were using a very unique mash bill using spelt. And spelt is a pretty ubiquitous uh, grain that's that you can find in and around Ohio. And I think to kind of utilize the spelt as a grain primarily in Ohio to use in the mash bill. I thought it was a good callback to, you know, Ohio's roots, but at the same time, I just didn't think it really worked well <laughs> in a mash bill and I was not, a, I was not a fan. <laughs> so, um, so what they did is they hired, uh, one of the distillers, uh, from Barton distillery and came over to watershed the last couple of years. He kind of transformed the mash bill into a little bit more of a traditional mash bill of, uh, corn, rye, malted barley. And their stuff has just been getting better and better each and every year. So I think uh, Watershed has been doing some uh, some great things. Awesome. I had one last one for me, uh, honorable mention. And uh, it would have made the show for sure, except I drank it all. Mm-hmm. And I don't have any to, to taste. So. <laughs> well, that's a, that's a good thing. Good thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, had, I had none left to, to to really taste and give notes on. So, but it's uh Leopold brothers, uh, three chamber rye. And, uh, for me, that is in my top, probably three or five whiskeys of all times. Really all time, but, uh, all time for me, but you know, I have to, I have to understand the fact that, that, that profile is not for everybody. Right. It's it's definitely uh yeah, you like you like it or you hate it, or you love it or you hate it, or you know, whatever that dichotomy is. Yeah, yeah. And, I would and I fell in love with agree. it. So yeah, I would agree. It's very floral, very different. There's but I mean, you know, when you're trying to recreate a rye style whiskey from you know back in the eighteen hundreds using that style. I mean, it's going to be different, and I think uh, I had no problem with it. I I thought it was very unique. I it was like I said, it's very floral, uh, it's very different. But you know, I enjoyed it just because I think there's so much stuff out these days. You're trying to set yourselves apart, and that certainly did. Yeah, I guess for me, it's just uh, I, I'm always looking for that thing that's just out of the box, different. Somebody's just doing it crazy different and you can't get that flavor anywhere else and i'm the same way at a restaurant if i get a if i get a plate and it's just something altogether different that i've never had before i get really excited about it so jason i think we uh we gave people a few things to think about here i think so i think there's definitely a lot of stuff to look out 
for. Um, like I said, there's just so much, like we talked about, there's just so much stuff that has hit the market. Um, trying to like figure out like what surprised you, what, what didn't it's, it's, uh, it's kind of fun when you look back. Cause I hadn't really looked back at the whole catalog of everything that I tasted this year and really looked at, you know, everything that's, that impressed me. Like I said earlier, back to the, in more in the beginning of the show, I had a lot more stuff that disappointed me than anything this year. So I think, uh, yeah. it was kind of nice to look back to see what surprised me for the better. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of opportunities out there to talk about what your favorite bourbon is or what your bourbon of 2022 is, or were you a top five rise or top five bourbons? You know, mm-hmm. there's plenty of opportunities to talk about those things, but, uh, not a lot of people are talking about what are those what are those few bourbons that just took me by surprise. Exactly, and I think we came up with a few. So, yeah, I think so. All right. Well, I'd like to give an opportunity for our listeners to uh, to know where to find you uh, to learn more about the Mash and Drum Whiskey Room and what you have going on. So uh, if you take a minute and let them know a little bit more about how to get in touch with you and, and your and your streams, that would be great. Yeah, sure. Uh, just uh, search uh, the Mash and Drum on uh, YouTube. You can find the channel. Uh, definitely subscribe and, uh, you know, let me know, uh, you know, what you think about some of the reviews in the comments. Always like hearing from everybody. But, you know, like I mentioned, I do about three to four videos a week. I do my live streams every Wednesday night at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, we always have some either great guests on. I'm doing blind tastings. I'm tasting new whiskeys. I give you the news. So there's a lot that I go through on a, on a given Wednesday night. So everyone can kind of stay in the loop and just kind of get my personal feelings on some of the uh, stuff going around in the whiskey world. Uh, also, you can find me at The Master Drum on Instagram as well. And um, if you're... If you're interested in trying some of the barrel picks, you can join my Patreon. You just go to uh, patreon.com slash the mash and drum and uh, you can join for as little as three bucks and uh, you can get some access to some great barrel picks that we have uh, coming up. And, um, and next year, I think I'm uh, going to maybe take the, uh, take the deep dive and maybe look at a possible, um, possible bourbon blend to come out, you know, for, for myself. So uh, that's something I'm looking at doing. We'll see what happens. Not even sure where to start with the logistics of it, but I I know what profile I want. I think I have a something in mind that I think everybody will really enjoy. So I'm looking forward to uh, taking a deep dive on that, or I, or I may hate it. We'll see what happens. <laughs> and th- th- this is this is real blend again. This is not playing around, right? <laughs> yeah, this is this is a yeah. This would be a uh, a a blend to market you know bottle that um, I would want to actually put my name on it and. Now, hopefully people will enjoy. So we'll see what happens. That, that is so exciting. Jason, it's been a blast having you on again. We need to get you back again from time to time. It, you know, like I said earlier in the show, you're kind of one of those who inspired me to start the podcast in the first place. You know, I got this face for radio, so you won't find me on YouTube. <laughs> You'll find me on podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> but nevertheless, we had some great times together uh, in the early days, and it's nice to get back together once in a while and, and 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 have an opportunity to record and put down an episode. Thank you so much for coming. We wish you all the luck in the world. Listeners, if you get a chance, check out Jason uh, on all his uh, social medias and on his YouTube channel. You'll love the Mash and Drum. It's an amazing stream to watch. So, All right, Jason, thanks again. Thanks for having me on, Jim. It was really great catching up. And uh, yeah, whenever you want to have me on again, just let me know. We'll do it. Well, you can find the Bourbon Road on all social medias. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube. You can find us on TikTok. You can definitely find us on our private Facebook group called the Bourbon Roadies. Make sure you search us out on Facebook. You'll definitely enjoy that group. You've got to answer three questions to become a member, though. Do you like bourbon? Do you agree to play nice? And are you 21? Because we don't allow anyone in there under the age of 21. We'd love to have you come in. In that group, we discuss what we're drinking. We take pictures of our bourbon. We share bourbon with each other. It's a great group of people, 3,000 strong. Come in and have a great time with us. Make sure you don't miss a show. Every single week, we'll come out with an episode. We'll uh, have a guest on. Sometimes we'll deep dive a topic. 
We have several expressions. One way to make sure you don't miss an episode is to go to the top of the app you're listening to us on now and hit that subscribe button. That way you get that notification every week that we've come out with a new episode and uh, you can enjoy a new show. So we'd love to have you subscribe. We'd also love to have you leave us a review. If you've listened to the show and you enjoy it, make sure you leave the Bourbon Road a review. It always helps us get into that next door, get to that next distillery, have that next guest on the show. We're very approachable. Reach out to us. You can always hit us up on email. I'm Jim at the bourbonroad.com, but you can always just send an email to team at the bourbonroad.com. Brian will get a copy. I'll get a copy. Tyler will get a copy. We'd love to hear from you. We take your suggestions. We'll put them to work. We hope you enjoyed today's show. Look forward to talking to you again next week. Until then, we'll see you down the bourbon road.